Tempest Productions with Decorum Vintners presents The Other Referendum by Bibi Berkey and Mark Lingwood. The Prime Minister and both Labour and Conservative parties engaged in civil war. Many fear that the very future of the United Kingdom is now under threat. But above all, it's the bitterness and acrimony on both sides of the debate that's come as a shock, especially as the anger and recrimination show no signs of abating. The UK electorate has taken the historic decision. The country is now split as never before, north versus south. Crowds have been gathering in central London as the King prepares to give his final speech to the nation. His address will mark the formal end to the monarchy. Tensions are still high after the referendum, which has split the country in half. The past few nights, police have broken up big protests and have made hundreds of arrests. The Prime Minister has called on the country to respect the results of what he called an historic vote and to let the King leave with dignity. The atmosphere outside Buckingham Palace has been described as volatile, with reports of fights breaking out among the crowds. Extra police and other emergency services have been drafted in to help contain the situation. God save the King. I am addressing you today for the last time. Before me, I have a document which, when signed, will transform this country. It will wipe away hundreds of years of tradition and will pave the way to a new form of governance. It is what you have chosen, and I must abide by it. Two years ago, you were asked to make a decision. By you, of course, I mean every member of the Commonwealth. It was a simple question, and in large part, you voted for change. Since then, the government has drafted legislation, and the result is the act that I have before me now. When I sign it, an old order dies, and a new process begins. A way of life that existed for centuries will simply come to an end. So easy to say, it will end. But what does that mean? Yes, I will go, that's what you wanted. But for me to go, part of our national infrastructure must also be demolished. It is me, and I am it. My family and I will relinquish the properties that the state has kindly lent to us for hundreds of years. The properties in Scotland and Norfolk are owned by my family, but we have decided to gift them to the state as well. What else will change? By now you will be very familiar with this list. All those who worked for the Crown will lose their jobs, around 60,000 people. We hope that they will all find employment elsewhere, although, of course, this cannot be guaranteed. My family will no longer have a role in representing our country abroad or hosting foreign visitors over here. State visits will be carried out by elected representatives. They will be responsible for securing the country's prosperity and spreading our goodwill. 
There will be a mass revision of many of the names and titles that have become part of our language. Royal is no longer a distinction or a way of addressing someone. No one will be royal. No one will be born to elevated status. No more lords and ladies. No new earls and barons. No longer sir this or that. The army does not from this moment serve the crown. Battalions will no longer be named after me and my ancestors. The symbols of monarchy will disappear. Images that have become part of your lives will vanish from your banknotes, from your stamps. Yes, even from your cereal boxes. Perhaps the hardest cultural change for all of us will be the retirement of our national anthem. It represents an old Britain and cannot be altered to suit a new one. Perhaps nothing marks the transition to a new way of life more than this, our collective identity expressed through song. God Save the King is now a museum piece. Democracy is not an ideal or a concept. It is the system that we deem best serves our society. For a long time we've managed, to the consternation of our neighbours abroad, to combine democracy with monarchy. You chose your political leaders while you enjoyed the pageantry of royalty. For years we debated how my family could function in a modern world. Bit by bit we relinquished unpalatable privileges. Our younger members sometimes balked at their role, wanted to make their way as tax-paying members of society. Slowly, we were ceasing to fit anywhere. I am one anachronism too many. My family has become a symbol of the past, and you could not see a future for us. We've had a pretty decent run. It will take a few years of interregnum. Nothing lasts forever. Every tradition has to begin somewhere and our great country will now forge new traditions. And in hundreds of years' time, those traditions will in turn seem outdated and superfluous. That's just the way it is. I understand. And I accept. Thank you. And we're out. Sir... So, so are you all right to stay put for a while? We're, we're going to an outside broadcast. Yes, of course. Someone will come and remove your mic in a minute. Thank you. I'll just, uh, I'll just leave you with your thoughts then. All good. Thank you. Thank you for everything. He's always saying thank you. You think that's the last thing on his mind? And going live in five, four, three, three years early. Mr. Croft. Your Highness. Please, do sit. Thank you. You're well, are you, sir? Very. As ever. Good, good. And you? Oh, the usual sinus thing. 
It's hell, actually. You tried the nasal irrigation, I suggested, uh, and the garlic? I did. Rubbish, was it? <laughs> well, what do I know? Sir, every May. I'm not stalling, you know. Of course not. If that's what you're thinking. Not at all. Merely that there's a lot to get through and I, I didn't wish to take up your valuable time. As you know... It's the state opening of my speech. Funny, but I never really think of it as your speech as such. I don't either. But what else can I call it? The king's speech written for him by the ruling government? The king's speech serving nothing more than tradition? The king's speech that is over in ten minutes before the real show begins? This time it, it will feel a little different. Why? Because I'm announcing the possible demise of the monarchy? Well, now... We both know which way this is going. Actually, we have no idea. That's the nature of a referendum. As you know, sir, a referendum can be as much an educational tool as a voting device. What? Like the last one? I know it was some time ago, but I don't recall an enormous amount of education going on there. A referendum, as I see it, Mr. Croft, is a useful, blunt instrument only to be used by a government when it thinks it might win. This is not a case of winning or losing. What is it a case of, then? A nation at a turning point. I see. But it's meant to turn in a certain direction, am I right? Croft, you are a Republican. You've never made any bones about it. This referendum is for you what Brexit was for the Tories and independence for the Scottish nationalists. I think you may be a Republican yourself, sir, if you care to stop and think about it. I don't stop and think about it, or rather I can't. I used to, as a boy, knowing what was ahead for me. I struggled all the time with the idea of having to reign over people. It appalled me. I didn't want it. And now? I thought we were pressed for time. It's a formality of discussing the contents of the speech. You've been here before. There's nothing I can tell you. You, you merely have to read it out. A list of the legislation to come and, of course, the referendum. The referendum slipped in through the back door. Hardly. Would it be of use, do you think, for us to discuss its constitutional importance? Of use to me? I don't think so. I'm perfectly aware of its significance. A referendum is an outward sign of legitimacy. It's the electorate's way of saying to its government, we approve of what you're doing. Then that's what you seek. Legitimacy. You weren't the only one, you know, who thought about issues of rule as a boy. Is that right? I often wondered what it would feel like to be a leader. I had my own theories about service and responsibility. I thought, you see, that everyone aspired to it, not just me. It took me years to work out that I was in a tiny minority. That most people want to be led. Very few want to lead. I suspect the best leaders don't want it at all. Really? I have to disagree. The best leaders want it very much. It's a driving force in their lives. Well, I approach leadership from a rather different perspective, then. I used to think about you, as a matter of fact. I used to wonder if we'd ever meet. You were a king-in-waiting then, of course. Does one prize leadership all the more if one is born to it, or 
Does power taste sweeter if one has earned it? Ah, well then, I can't help you. I have no power. None whatsoever. You are the one who decides my future, not the other way around. You really think you have no power? It's not a matter of opinion. It's well-known fact. <laughs> How strange that you should think that. You're wrong, by the way. I'm popular with some people, perhaps. Mainly foreigners. The very old and the very young. That's not power. You must have worked that one out, even as a boy, Mr. Croft. You are more than a man. You know that. I might represent my country, but you are my country. You're part myth. <laughs> For goodness sake. <laughs> and you underestimate your popularity. You're like some talisman your whole family is. As long as you're there, everything is all right. I don't wish to be a symbol of any sort. That doesn't interest me. I can be of great practical use to the state. Can you? Can you really? How? I... I... Or would you hold it back? Are you even capable of seeing a future without good old kings and queens? That's the problem, you see. People think of the monarchy and they think of the past. I don't want that. It doesn't matter what you want. There's nothing you can do about it. The way you speak, dress, lead your lives, you are the past. I can't accept that, Croft. What matters to you? This country or the unbroken line of your family's rule? The two are indivisible. Are they? I doubt it. Most other nations function perfectly well without coronations and investitures, without royal marriages and discussions about who's next in line. For how much longer should any of this matter to us? Don't you feel it too? The humiliation. This isn't how a modern country works. You want a revolution. A revolution? Dear God, it's too late for that. You're not worth an uprising. It's, it's hard enough to ask people to put a cross in a box. This, this trumped-up referendum has been brewing for ages. I don't believe anyone wants it. I really don't. You want it, that's all. Why am I such a blockage to you? Eh? You induce a lazy and rather hideous sentimentality in the people. For a country to be great, its people have to be great. They can't be while you're there. Ah, because of this talismanic status you're insisting thinking that I have. Listen, you have nothing to fear from me. I want to work with the executive. I want to be of use. I will do anything to help this country along. Do you think I don't feel the humiliation too? I feel it just as keenly as you do. Far more keenly. You don't understand. We can do this, Croft. We can keep the tradition alive, but we can give the monarch a new role. A modern role. Change it. Call it something else. I don't care. But I'm determined that I will have a job to do. You can't have a job, I'm afraid. I can. I can be a reforming monarch. Oh, for God's sake, stop and think, sir. How can you seriously utter the words reforming and monarch in the same breath? It doesn't work. We can't have a king anymore. Full stop. But it's laughable that we've kept it up so long. 
No. It has to end. Why? Because we can't have a king and a president? Is that what this is all about? I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. You told me all about the boy who dreamt of leadership. Does he still have unfulfilled ambitions? Has this been about you all along, Croft? You and your ambitions? This is not personal. But do you think you're the only one who cares about the future of these islands? You're scared I'll win it, aren't you? <sighs> you are a good and decent person who cares for this country. You should let it free. Let it free? I'm the one who's captive. Then it's time for you to leave. I can't. I won't. I still have good work to do. I'm not just the next in line. It was never about that for me. I will be different. I have a legacy, not just you. They know that. They will vote to keep me. You yourself said that I'm admired, that I'm decent. If you think there's revolt brewing, then you're wrong. That's not the way the wind is blowing. In this day and age, sir, we can make the wind blow in whatever direction we want. You'll be surprised. I have a voice, you know. I can reach them. I can get through to them. You can't. You won't throw all this away. Not here. Not in our country. We're different. We're not. We're no different to anywhere else. We're just slower and more stubborn. You seriously think I'll simply disappear and all that has come before me will be forgotten? When it happens, when the time comes, you'll have to do exactly that. No valediction, no glorious end. It would defeat the purpose. Have you any idea how it feels to be unheard? For the whole of your life, it's unbearable. Then the sooner we end it, the better. I won't go. It's no longer in your hands. Nothing has been in your hands for a long time. I have ideas. Plans. Can't end like this. You're being short-sighted. All I ask is that you go quietly. I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. None of that extra shirt business. I am not going. You can't throw it all away. They won't let you. The people won't let you. Thank you, Your Highness, for your time. I look forward to seeing you at the state opening. We must all, to some degree, stick to the script. It can't. It cannot end. Not with me. Not with me. Alfred, Canute, William, Henry, Richard, more Henrys, more Georges. <laughs> Can anyone hear me? Anyone out there listening? Plantagenets, Tudors, Hanovers, Windsors.
All ends here. All ends here. For years you've been watching us, our weddings, our funerals. You knew the moment we were born followed us through childhood. You were profoundly interested in what we wore, where we went, who we slept with, who we no longer slept with. <laughs> you wanted to know everything. But I watched you too on the television. I saw your homes, how you worked, the things you ate, the way you spoke, the way you laughed and lived and died. And recently I watched you in those endless debates and saw you marching in the streets. I looked on at your anger and your unhappiness and I saw my name on your banners and heard you shout it. Well, the watching is over for both of us. What can I say? That I failed? That I failed you? That when it comes to it, and you had to choose, the thought of me was repellent, or laughable, or embarrassing? I'm sorry. I truly am. How does it go? The king is but a man as I am. The violet smells to him as it does to me. I loved you. It's true. I believed that I was born to serve you. I felt I was part of the land of every house you owned, every field you drove past, every castle, every shopping center, the coast, the hills, the bricks and the smoke. I was all that. I was fused into this country as much as the air or the seawater, like tree roots, like rain. I felt I was part of you. I was honored to be a part of your existence. I felt there was an understanding Athelstan, Stephen, Henry, Anne. All that spilling of blood to keep a family going, to keep a line intact. It all came down to me, one man, a human full stop.
Elizabeth, James, Charles. If he wasn't scared, then neither am I. History is brimming with full stops, human full stops. What's another one? Accepted. Move on. Forget. Shit. His line's open. It's gone out live. Switch him off. For God's sake, switch him off. You've been listening to The Other Referendum with the voices of Stephen Blake as the King, Mark Sangster as the Prime Minister, Mark Weimer as the radio producer and Roger Sawyer as the newsreader. It was directed by Mark Lingwood and produced by Bibby Berkey. Sound production was by Poppy Humphreys. The other referendum was written by Bibby Berkey and Mark Lingwood and made in London by Tempest Productions with the kind support of Decorum Vintners, specialists in artisanal wines from around the world.